<laughs> Let's get into it. Wow. Guys, do we have a story to tell you here on the latest episode of the Shups and Preds podcast? We thought we were going to have a four-man booth today, but it's only three because member of the pod, Tyler Press, fell asleep driving to Connecticut and had to spend an hour and a half napping outside of a gas station. <laughs> this is a true story. He will be flying to Europe tomorrow to get married. Um, and we are happy that he's going to be making that flight and not still be sleeping at a gas station. Um, but now that we've moved past that, we can introduce the other members of the pod, uh, Matt and Peter. How are you, boys? So, so good. Doing great. So, so good. Doing real good. great. Well, this week, we've got week 12 review. We got week 13 preds. We got a listener feedback question, uh, fantasy as always, um, and there's no time like the present to just jump on in uh, to that week 12 review. Uh, we start with Toronto at Montreal. Montreal Alouettes won by a score of 37 to 16, thanks to the most, most dominant rushing performance we've seen all season. William Stanback, after missing the previous two games, went for 203 yards on 24 carries. That's 8.5 yards per carry and one touchdown. Uh, not to be overshadowed, our boy Gino, Gino Lewis. Gino Lewis. See, now I can't the, do Friend of the pod. Me too. It's like, don't think about elephants. Seven receptions, 156 yards. He was targeted seven times by Matthew Schiltz. He had seven receptions. That's pretty damn good. Matt Schiltz. Two tutties. Nothing, yep, nothing eye-popping for Schultz, but 12 of 18, 212 yards. He had two touchdowns. He had no interceptions. He's keeping the ball secure, and he's getting it in the hands of his playmakers. I think that's exactly what you'd want. Um, Defensively, the Owls were tenacious. They sacked MBT three times. They picked him off four times. They forced two fumbles, uh, one of those which they recovered. Uh, Monshadrick Hunter. Old Money Hunter had himself a day grabbing two INTs. Uh, for the Argos, you know, MBT, 25 of 40, 291 yards, four interceptions. One might think such a performance uh, might land him on the hot seat, but not so, as the Argos have traded Nick Arbuckle to the Elks and named MBT their permanent starter. Uh, the Argos had 12 rushing attempts for 54 yards. Uh, that's out the Owls' rushing attack outgained them by 177 yards on the ground. Um, but I will say that a bright spot for the Argos was the continued emergence of Curly Gittens Jr., who had eight receptions for 116 yards. Uh, some very tough catches. That's his second 100-yard game in as many weeks. So as Eric Rodgers has been out injured, Gittens has kind of popped up as a very reliable target for MBT. Boys, when we did the end of September power rankings, one of the questions was asked, which team do you think is going to have the best October? Who's going to be the hottest? One of us, me, said it was going to be the Montreal Alouettes. And just like that, the Alouettes... Another one of us also did say that actually Toronto was going to be that team. Who said that? And he's not here to defend himself, so Ooh, we'll leave it at that. Interesting. Interesting. Well, the Montreal Alouettes are now first in the East. They're tied, but own the tiebreaker over the Argos. 
Uh, so they're both six and four going into week 13. Um, guys, what are our thoughts on the Owls uh, Toronto matchup this past week? Uh, it does show the uh, like the team we'll talk about coming up. If you don't have a balanced attack, you are yes. really exposed to a, uh, a down game. Like uh, Bethel Thompson's coming off a great game, um, but this one just didn't have it through four interceptions on basically just some bad decision making passes. And then you look right across, you know, the uh, the sidelines, and the other team is doing well. Actually, next to them. Because they don't play. <laughs> um, and you've got a, a team that has a strong quarterback in Matt Schiltz, but definitely um, not with the same amount of experience as, as Vernon Adams. Uh, and so who do they do? They turn to a uh, to their run game. And obviously there's no one on Toronto that has the, the running prowess of William Stanback. But, I mean, the difference in 40 pass attempts – and one of my 12 rush attempts 12. Yes. versus 18 pass attempts and 32 Two. rush attempts. Yes. Yes. So you can, you know, Matt play Schultz, within themselves. You know, he's only six, he's only, you know, he's made, you know, he completed two thirds of his passes, but that's all he really needs to do. It's very much similar to how uh, Winnipeg is racking up the wins is knowing where their strengths are and still oh. executing, but there you go. No, it was, that's yeah. It, it, it was a beautiful thing to see when or uh, Montreal play within themselves and play to their strengths and just feed stand back the rock at all costs because he is dominant and they can win games that way. Uh, and it's just awesome to watch. Eight point five yards of carry. I don't think that can be stated enough. When you've got a running back doing that, how much that changes the pressure on the defense. Well, yeah, I think we talked about that a lot on the last episode when we were talking about who was going to really win this game. And it would just have him stand back in there. He's just an animal. And, like, that just adds a t- totally different dimension to this team. No, and going forward now for Montreal, you've got, obviously, Trevor Harris is a member of the team now. Um, but... I think it's tempting. I think it would be tempting to ask yourself if you're the Owls. We've got this great offense running with Schiltz playing within himself. What could it be if we threw Trevor Harris in there instead? <laughs> but I, as I'm a Trevor Harris total fan, I think you keep the train rolling as is. Unless Schiltz gives you a reason to replace him, I don't think you replace Schiltz just because you think it might be better. Just keep the ball rolling because so far it's working for the Owls. Two big wins with him at the helm. I, yeah, I, mean, I think that makes sense. Uh, let's see. I'm going to take a peek at the standings here. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's hard because if Montreal had maybe picked up another one of the, another win or two, obviously they'd be a much better position. Yes. Um, but they really can't afford to take those kind of risks. Um, so no, but that's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. Like yeah, I, 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 I agree. Yeah. Just keep, I, I am agreeing with you, but that, you yeah, know, I, I think at it's going to come to a point where maybe Matt, you know, if Matt Schultz has a bad game, what is the tipping point? Because, and how do you instill in him confidence though, that he's not going to get benched? Canned at the first sign. 
Yeah, I mean, it's similar yeah, stuff I, to what went on in Ottawa this year where, I mean, the guys just had no confidence in themselves. Mm. They would throw two interceptions, obviously not good, but they'd get benched like halfway through the like second quarter. They couldn't even finish out the, the half before getting benched. It was just a, a really poor playing environment. So um, I hope they could just foster an environment. Because like, this game was a great game. And Toronto, although they didn't really look at – is a really good team, and this is a good win for the Alouettes. No, this is serious. Yeah, well, if if Willie Stanback's running like this, I don't know. I don't know who beats him. Well, I know. I know of one team that would do. Oh, okay. Well, apart from them. (laughs) Let's let's, let's, get to that later. That team, the Red. Winnipeg. Uh, Well, yeah, we'll get to that. But I do love that week 13 is just all the other scrubs fighting for the scraps while Winnipeg takes a rest. They're so good. Um, All right, so let's move on, Peter, to your review. This is your first time doing a review. Not last. In months. (laughs) Is it? Yeah, you didn't do a review when you were on the pod last week, and you missed the last, like, three. Well, let's get into it. Let's see, last time you did a review. Quack, quack, if I may. Um, Ottawa and Hamilton, how'd it go down? First game of Super Saturday, Ottawa Hamilton. We saw the Tie Cats win 32 to 3 in pretty much exactly what we expected to see. I mean, I loved I loved what we saw from uh Hamilton with the tandem QBs, you know. Obviously Masoli back in there, just pretty solid, nothing really flashy. I mean, 25 for uh 28, three, 320 yards and two t- tuggies, but Hey, I mean, don't don't fucking undersell what a great performance that is. Great, great performance, but not every team they're going to play as Ottawa. I mean, it cannot be understated how bad this okay. team is. I mean, it was great to see them throw Duck in there and sort of give us a different look. But, I mean, the offensive line, I mean, they know they can't run the ball because the offensive line can't stop anybody. And when Caleb Evans, it, like, drops back to pass he's already pressured and both of his ints were him rolling out right trying to throw pretty much deep balls to the sidelines because he was so far away and uh just not connecting with those receivers so i mean i think this game was definitely more of a telltale sign of how bad ottawa is i mean masoli obviously great job um unfortunate to see in the first quarter for hamilton braylon addison going out after having five receptions and 95 yards solely in the first quarter. Devastating for my fantasy team as well, because (laughs) why would anybody on my team want to continue to play well? That's just how it works. That is so tough. It's just how it works. Uh, Addison will be out for next week also. Good time to note that. He was not not practicing today. Um, But no, I mean, honestly, the the score, I, I would say, doesn't reflect the entire game. It's not like... The tie, I would say the tie cats dominated, but I mean it was eighteen to three with what say six minutes around six minutes left in the you know fourth quarter. So um, it wasn't it wasn't a super dominating win, but God, th- I mean that Ottawa offensive line is brutal, and I would be scared for their secondary if Braylon Addison stayed in because uh, Masoli and him were just connecting so much in that first quarter. No, this is the exact game Jeremiah Masoli needed. Listen, Dane Evans is back. He's healthy. And well, honestly, on the sidelines, you, when you look like I, when I was just looking at the both of them, it's yeah. clear that Masoli feels as though he is the guy. He's the quarterback. 
I love their, those two have such a great relationship for actually being the only good quarterback battle in the CFL. Like I think other quarterback battles in the CFL are all about who can make the least mistakes. (laughs) Hamilton may be the only one where it's like, both these guys are good. Who gives us the best chance to win? And Mm -hmm. Dane Evans had a pretty damn good season before he got hurt. Absolutely. That's a lot of pressure to have coming back. And this is the exact game solely needed for him to go in there and go 25 of 28 precision, accuracy, keeping drives moving. It was excellent. So I was just very happy to see that. And I think that bodes well for the confidence of the Hamilton Tiger Cats going into the last few weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with Speedy B getting back in the mix as well. I mean, yes, sir. Ah, I, I would love if this team had Braylon Addison and could, uh, I you know, I'd, I'd be interested to see what they could do going forward. Um, well, if they were fully, yeah, they also didn't have STE this game. Right, right. He was a very late scratch. They haven't had Don Jackson all season, basically. Luke uh, Irons was injured. Just an unbelievable amount of injuries for the Ticats this year. League-wide, there's been an unbelievable amount, but Ticats specifically offensively. We talk about it every week. It seems like they have a different iteration of the offense running all the time. Um, so if they can ever actually put consistent lineups <laughs> together week after week, that'd be pretty impressive. Yes, Matt, indeed. thoughts? Just a one of two, uh, unfortunately, bad games for the CFL. So yes, it's just it, not, this is this isn't good. fun for for anybody. Uh, it's ex- except Hamilton, and even then, I don't know if they're really having a ton of fun afterwards. Like it's it's great in the middle of it, right? Like beating up the like the sick kid is is great while you're in it. But then you look back on it, it's like you feel all gross. you would know. You feel like you took yeah, advantage of the poor guy. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, there is Red Blacks have really, really more than almost any game this season had nothing to recommend them. And uh, this was not good television. No. And we should note this was the looks like the straw that broke the camel's back in the tenure of the first and only Ottawa Red Blacks GM, uh, Marcel Desjardins who has been ousted um, after eight seasons, I think it was. He did not put together a competent roster this season. Uh, It was clear from week one that the Ottawa Red Blacks, personnel-wise, were on an inferior plane to the rest of the CFL. Um, I think that was embarrassing for the guys. I felt bad for the players that were on the field because I didn't feel like they were working with the same piece as other teams were. Um, the fact that they have two wins uh, speaks to how much guts they've had, and the players that are on Ottawa played hard all season. Uh, but I think it was time, considering Desjardins simply didn't put together a very good team. So, move not. It's it's over, and uh, a new chapter in Ottawa history begins uh, in the near future. Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean, I you know, you hope that they there are obviously players out there available. Um, I think the QB situation throughout the league, um, there are veteran guys like we saw Zach Caleros this year and at the end of last year or 2019 stepping up. So there's veteran guys that are definitely going to be available. Hamilton's got two QBs that could start at any team um, on any team in the league. Um, But yeah, it's just, there just was, it wasn't a good team. It just really was not a good team. That was clear from the beginning. That's Um, yeah. 
So yeah, I mean, best of luck to Ottawa. Um, you know, they feel like it needed to happen though. Cause it was so, such an, I don't want to say I, yeah. I, cause I think any of these players individually can be a good addition to a team, but he just did not put together it like, especially offensively. It looked like when you had teams out there with who were over, like overflowing with uh, say, let's say Toronto, they had receiving options all over the field. And then in Ottawa, it felt like RJ Harris was really the only option yeah. coming into the season. And that just didn't really make sense. It was like, yeah. how do you have, how is there only one legitimate receiving option right now? Same thing with the running back game. I, I think we like Tim Flanders. And Tim Flanders as a burst off the bench running back is great. But how was Tim Flanders your starting running back to begin the year? Yeah. And yeah, you really can't even blame it on, you know, I saw some reports talking about, um, you know, injuries, obviously, and then some retirements, um, Yes. You know, over the, the, the there's not, wasn't enough of those. There wasn't enough injuries and retirements to account for this. And, and other teams have been just as, if, and probably more, like their teams have been more affected by injuries mm-hmm. um, that have not struggled like Ottawa. Yeah. Well, let's move on from that dour note to talk about the most dominant force in North American sports. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, this was going to be Tyler's review, but as we stated, he's too busy sleeping outside of the 7-Eleven to hop onto the podcast. So I will be we'll be sharing duties uh, because there really isn't much to talk about. Um, this is yet again another page in the dominant season of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. They blank the BC Lions 45 to nothing. Um, you know, Zach Caleros, another just uber-efficient game, 16 of 20, 267 yards, three touchdowns. Hey, I'm going to read these rushing yards, and you guys tell me if anybody on this pod said anything about Johnny Augustine last week. <laughs> who, anybody here who did it? Oh, yeah, it was me. Our boy Johnny Augustine, four carries, 73 yards. Brady Oliveira, 17 carries, 65 yards. What a pop to have be coming off of that Andrew Harris injury. Two guys that really can carry the ball, um, so can definitely keep uh, Winnipeg humming in that in that uh, mm. department. You had receiving-wise, Darvin Adams had his first big game in a while, four receptions, 93 yards. But, I mean, down the board, Kenny Lawler, thank goodness he had – he only had two catches for 19 yards. They just so happened to be two touchdowns. But you had production coming from everyone. And then on the BC side – um, it was just sadness. That's all I've got. <laughs> Mike Riley, 15 of 31, uh, 131 yards, one interception. Um, they just Their top receiver, Javon Katoy, had 53 receiving yards. Um, it was a tough, tough game for the BC Lions. Um, they only turned it over once, which is actually impressive. Uh but in the grand scheme of things, they just weren't moving the ball. Um, and they have really fallen off. They've scored 19 points in their last three games. They're on a four-game losing streak. Um, now, obviously, you have the lucky whitehead injury along that at the, uh, when they played Winnipeg uh, three weeks ago. So that's certainly nothing to sneeze at. But this is a team that has lost all of the punch they were building throughout the first half of the CFL season. And now they just seem totally lost. 
yeah it's the, the another hard to watch game um I, I do want to give credit to bc for at least kind of protecting the ball um, yes because they were they were really getting hammered on on offense and you know just through that one interception which is basically like expected like that's just gonna happen um uh and that was a pick six wasn't it didn't uh uh willie jefferson take that one back yes he did after like um, i thought he was gonna lay down <laughs> he was like, he almost stopped <laughs> it was really weird but yes no uh, it was so a pick six. that was their big one um and otherwise they just they just weren't moving the ball and so that that's now that's how you score no points is you don't move that, the ball and, yes uh, <laughs> and then like if i had to write game, up a recipe for not moving the or for not scoring points um and then it's this is just a a, a suffocating defense so Winnipeg's the best team in the league right now. I am not yes. afraid to say it. I think you're right about that. Yeah, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna have to say you're right. I mean, Winnipeg's just so dominant. I don't see them I don't see them losing a game uh, in a while. So for, for a while. <laughs> let's currently BC, although they have lost four in a row, they are only two points outside of third in the West and only two points out of the crossover. Now tiebreakers will have to fit into that. And we'll think about that if we get there, but they are still in play for a playoff spot. Right. Challenging Calgary and Hamilton look like is going to come down to those guys. Here is Calgary's schedule for the rest of the season. They play Ottawa, BC, Winnipeg. And Hamilton a Winnipeg plays, team that will have has rested. already clinched. Yeah. They've already clinched first. Hamilton plays Edmonton, BC, Toronto, Sketch. BC plays Toronto, Hamilton, Calgary, Edmonton. To me, I look at BC's schedule and I see Toronto, Hamilton, Calgary, the next three games. Those are all three teams that need to win. Those are going to be knockout knockdown drag out fights i think bc's got the toughest schedule of those three teams going forward and i just don't think it looks good in terms of their chances to make the playoffs they just yeah. can't attack michael they with a game in hand if they had five wins already i think yeah. this is a totally different landscape yeah. but yeah i i definitely think calgary's taken at least two of three and um bc taking three of four is that's seems unlikely. unlikely. Yeah. Yes. Seems unlikely. No, I know. So I had to, I had to look that up going forward and I was like, oof! it just on top of their play being bad. They also don't have the schedule <laughs> working for them. I mean, let's, yeah, I mean, let's talk about that, that they have gotten shellacked the last three weeks and they weren't, you know, they, uh, they've really Winni- Winnipeg shaky. twice. Yeah. Well, yeah. Winnipeg twice. Um, but, but uh, I mean, Calgary before that, but again, like, and I know this is the, this is animal abuse at this point in terms of how <laughs> much we beat this dead horse. We got to move on. But dude, they had, uh, they had 10 rushing attempts overhaul, overall, BC, but only six carries by the running back, James Butler. If you know this defense is going to be running at you like chickens with their head, just 
guns blazing and they're going to rush the passer. You're only going to hand it off to your running back six times to try and alleviate some of that pressure. That just, how long, this has been all season now where BC, Mike Riley or Nathan Rourke are getting beat up every week and they have an outlet there, hand it off, takes the pressure off. They just refuse to do it. That's really incredible. <laughs> um, moving on, Matt, tell us about Saskatchewan at Calgary. A very good uh, cap off. Um, yes. So after a couple really rough games on Super Saturday, uh, exciting sure. one between uh, Saskatchewan and Calgary. Uh, ultimately, this one went to uh, the Rough Riders. They finally notched one after losing two straight to the Stampeders. Um, definitely was, uh, you know, it started off rocky for Cody Fajardo throwing his, you know, an interception on the first possession um but he turned in a really solid game after that um yes. you know this you know we're sort of starting to see a pattern of success in the cfl and calgary sketch montreal and winnipeg are all following the low pass attempt and you know heavy rush attempt offense i mean those are the teams that are, are looking the best are the ones who have a steady ground game um so for uh, Saskatchewan, that was uh, William Powell. Not a great game, but moving the ball. Uh, nine carries for 43 yards. And on the other side of the field, Kadeem Carey, 15 carries for 62 yards and a touchdown. Um, so that allowed um, the uh, the quarterbacks you know, to, to have a little bit uh, more cushion, a little more time to uh, – uh, to make their plays. Unfortunately for, for Bo Levi, it some really, really poor decision-making. Um, he, he This this was a weird game because he was playing just fine, um, and he would just have these lapses of reason. I'm thinking specifically there was this uh, flea flicker play where he was just moving so slowly and threw this just <laughs> cheese ball up in the air way behind so his weird. receiver. And it was just like and, – and, you know, this is – now, Bo has not been very accurate. He has one game this year with that he didn't throw an interception in. Um, mm. But this, but he's just he's very hot and cold, and he's got a great arm, and he's most of the time got really good accuracy, but then he'll get just, his legs will get out from underneath him. He doesn't know what to do, and he'll just throw this, it was a couple, I mean, three this game really bad um, passes. So this game was uh, not like the super... Um, you know, offensive shootout we kind of maybe expected because both these teams are playing really well. Uh, also, wasn't I would say like a defensive struggle, um, but just a, a, a solid CFL game. Um, you know, Saskatchewan really got it moving in the second half uh, with a couple of touchdowns, and uh, you know, and Brett Lother just really you know, and Rene Paredes. Uh, not really. You know, we were expecting these two guys, uh, the the kickers, to um, be the backbones of these teams, especially yes. Rene Paredes. But he didn't have the opportunities uh, because of all those interceptions from Bo Levi. So um, ultimately, it came down to a really exciting final drive from uh, Calgary. Uh, they had, you know, they could get a field goal, but uh, it just didn't work out. Like a huge, uh, a couple big throws from Bo Levi and came up short unfortunately but this is a, a fun game um yes. i think this could have gone either way obviously you guys 
thought the Rough Riders would pull it out, and you were right. But I think if they played 100 games, they maybe go 50-50. I'm, you know, just hoping nothing crazy happens and we get this Western semi between these two. Yeah. Because it's going to be epic. Because they've played three times, and they know each (laughs) other, and it's brothers coaching against brother. And it's going to be so good. All three (laughs) games have been close, have been entertaining. Can Bo Levi learn how to not but it it does i it does really feel like with Bo that it's just these spasms out of nowhere he's playing well like that he had a he to to throw for 311 yards was it yes that's like good and like he's airing the ball and he's hitting his receivers and then all of a sudden it's just yeah it's like what are you doing dude I don't know what is up with that. Uh, it's frustrating. Um, but these teams, cross our fingers, we'll meet again, and it's going to be pretty fun. Hey, what do we Sorry. think about Cody Fajardo? Um, doesn't I mean, like what's, smoked meats. Doesn't like smoked meats. His teammates are out there smoking meats in strange Canadian cities. And <laughs> um, I mean, you know, we said that, and I think it's true that, that Cody um, – kind of had the the best off season like i think he's really grown the most as a quarterback but i mean is he has he reached that upper tier of the cfl is he um with the the michael riley's and the uh zach Laros, the bo levi's you know thinking a few years ago like the the ricky rays and travis lulez is is he up there now or what does he need to do to get there I would say not. He needs to like air the ball out a little bit more. He just doesn't let it rip down the field, or at least in an accurate manner this season compared to last season. I know this is kind of the story of the year. He was upset about it and he's angry about it. But mm-hmm. you have, I know this seems different offenses, different things happen, but both the quarterbacks had 21 completions this past game. Cody for 222 yards, Bo Levi for 311 yards. All right, that's – somebody do the math for me? That's an 89-yard difference on the same amount of completions. Uh, he needs – and this Scatch team in order – because they do play well, but they stall out, and they need to avoid stalling out. They need to make those big plays um, down the field uh, and get it, get it rolling. You know, I mean, six punts, um, six stalled drives. I think uh, I just want to see them. And now I think they will with Evans and Duke back. But that's how Fajardo takes the next step. It starts popping off. I remember last week I read the stats about him not really going over 300 very often in yards. And I think he's got to start putting those games together. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah, that's, that's Any, it for me. It's a fun game. It was a fun game, and I'm – Again, I just want to just give me that. Give me, give me that. Give me that. <laughs> In the Western semis. Before we move on to week 13, we'll talk league leaders at the end of week 12. In passing yards, we've got Zach Caleros, 2,832. Rushing yards. I think he cemented himself as the best back in the CFL. Willie Stanback, 880 yards. 
and receiving yards, we have a new leader in the clubhouse, Gino Lewis, 815 receiving yards. He is now 11 ahead of our boy Kenny Lawler. And as Lawler takes a week off, we could see Lewis extend that a little bit. Um, still in third in receiving yards, feel I should talk about this, is our friend Jake uh, Winicky, who somehow managed... <laughs> After our Dude, boy Pete, after our Dude, boy Pete put him on his fantasy team. Well, Jake after Winnicke. our boy John like pumped his tires to near burst. Because <laughs> well, he's having such a good season. I wasn't doing it like I wasn't doing it out of pocket. Like Jake <laughs> Winnicky is having an amazing. Cursed. Like I'm just cursed. It's Winnicky is like, having I'm an amazing season. It. It's like it's just a fact. And it's yeah, okay. it's tough. Um, well, let's move on to week thirteen. Well, should we talk we... Uh, Pred standings? Let's talk Pred standings. Yeah, so we had a another golden week, the first four-game golden week of the, uh, the season for PDB. Yes, so sir. right now, uh, Tyler is still well in the lead. The rest of us did have a three-in-one week, so Tyler's sitting at 32-14. and 14. Peter's at 25-21. and 21. I'm at 24-22. and 22. And then John crawling back to 500. He is at uh, 21 and 25. All right, we're getting there. We're getting there. John, this man. week, this is going to be an interesting week 13. No, I'm, Peter I'm excited started the season you. three and nine. That's yeah. impressive, first, Pete. Uh, three weeks. No, guys, I'm, I'm And now he's, now he's well over 500. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, so excited to hear your guys' picks. The first one's See, a real toughie. <laughs> so, let me set the stage. Because week 13 is a very exciting week for me. It is all interleague play. And on top of that, it is all fresh matchups. None of these teams have played each other yet this year. That is epic. And I think it's fitting because in recent weeks we've talked off pod about the three-headed monster in the east of Hamilton, Toronto, and Montreal. And we've said... Are they good teams who can compete in the playoffs, beat maybe a Western crossover team in the Eastern semis, maybe compete with Winnipeg in the Grey Cup, assuming Winnipeg makes it there? Or are they simply competitive amongst each other and make for good games? Well, this week's slate won't answer that question definitively. Uh, It will give us some indications of how the power rankings behind Winnipeg truly shake out. Uh, And I'm stoked for that. It is very exciting week um, and kicks off with Calgary at Ottawa. I've talked about Bo. We've talked about Bo, his spasms. There's no greater cure for dysfunction of an offense than to play the Ottawa Red Bulls. <laughs> I will be picking the Calgary Stampeders. That's correct. Yeah, you, you, you on board with that? I will also go Calgary on this on this one, yeah. It's Peter? so it's so sad because in past years we were able to say like, oh god, they've got to win at one point, you know, they're they're gonna do it. But they won just, it two points already, though. They're just not gonna do it. Just no, know. I don't think they're gonna no, do it. No, they're gonna lose. And gonna it doesn't Calgary make it's still. I'm still trying to figure out how Edmonton because there's nothing. I, I was thinking, what in a team causes them to lose to the red blacks right so what i, I really can't i can't pinpoint anything. we want to analyze 
Uh, we, uh, we can move on. Like, this is not what we're predicting right now. But no, it, it but is strange. I think, yes, it is strange. I don't, I, yeah. So I don't <laughs> think there's, like, there's, no, I think Calgary is a stronger team than Edmonton. Yes. And I, I think, think they're going to the Red Flags. <laughs> Moving well, on. Let's get on to Edmonton. Ta- By the way, Tyler Press picks the Calgary Stampeders, for the record. Moving on, we've got Hamilton at Edmonton. Matt, how do you see this one playing out? Who, uh, I think, I don't know. I, I think this is going to be a good game. Um, I think so too. I, I think James Wilder could, could make some moves. Um, but I do think that Hamilton ultimately is going to, going to pull this one out. I don't think that Edmonton has the defense to make Masoli, um, make mistakes, um, and really get him on the run where he, uh, you know, can, can maybe throw some picks or make some bad decisions, but so I think it's going to be another another solid game from the Tie Cats. Peter, what about yourself? Yeah, I just don't see Edmonton being able to get it done. I mean, last time out we saw James Wilder go eleven carries for forty four yards. I just don't. I can't see them posing enough of a threat as Matt was saying to Masoli to really disrupt that offense. So I think uh, Hamilton's going to keep the rhythm going they had with the tandem QBs uh, from last week, and I mean, what? Let's say beat Edmonton by fifteen at least. Oh, I think that's ridiculous. I think it will be a good game. I agree with Matt, um, but I think that, <laughs> like he said. The Edmonton defense, I don't think, is going to have enough to stop Hamilton. I don't think they'll be able to hold Hamilton under twenty-five points, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure Edmonton can score over that. Um, also, Edmonton has another injury in the secondary. Jonathan Mincy is out, um, so that's not a good thing when you're going up against. Um, Jeremiah Masoli, who I've just totally bought into after last week. Um, if I, I was already bought in, but now I'm just so stoked that he had a really good game. So I have the Hamilton uh, Tiger Cats winning. Now that I've got the monkey off my back and I don't have to pick Edmonton every week, it's freeing me up a little bit. God, dude, there was like a, there was like, I didn't know what to do. It's uh, freeing right. me up. Tyler, right. Tyler Press has the uh, Hamilton Ticats as well. Thank God. <laughs> well, let's get into the next game. BC versus Toronto. Thank you. Take the lead. Well, I had to. Uh, no, but I think with this one, I am going to go with the BC Lions. Mostly. <laughs> You're just, just because... cracked. Dude. I think the Lions. I love it. No, I, I'll let it. So you I'm don't. Not gonna, is don't this you not him. buy? You don't buy Toronto? No. Okay. I think I th- uh, the whole, and the only reason is is because I think MBT makes the same mistakes we saw him make this past weekend against the Lions, and Mike Riley comes correct, and the Lions get it done. I love this. I love this. That Michael is, Riley comes correct. It is. I, I, well, I, well, I disagree. I will be picking the Toronto Argonauts. I do in my notes. This is my pick for slot fest of the week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I think that the lions will be the sloppier of the two, but I 
don't disregard your take, Peter. That because I, I, in my heart of hearts, of the three-headed monster in the East, I do think Toronto is the least of the three. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm all in on Montreal to be honest with you. Like I love really that, that is man. probably my bias clouding me that I I love the t- players on Toronto. We've talked about this, but I don't want Toronto the team to win. Right. Totally. I, I, I can see that. But so I don't think you're crazy, but I do think Toronto wins this one. Uh, Matt, what say you? Yeah, I don't I I still think that Toronto is a good team and I think that MBT is I mean like we were we're still all high on on Bo Levi and he has those same you know yes. jitters as MBT. Bo Levi's a better quarterback than MBT. Um but I think that I think that Toronto's just just as strong um and and is maybe the least in the East uh, out of a minus uh, minus Ottawa. Ottawa. Uh, But I think, you know, Toronto and Hamilton go straight up and then MTL is a little bit above them. But I I do think Toronto's taking this one. Yes. Uh, Who did Tyler pick? I wasn't paying attention. Probably Toronto. I'll say we'll probably get, we'll hear about it if we're wrong. (laughs) I'm sure he picked Toronto. I wonder who we went within the next one. Well, that is our week 13 game of the week. Saskatchewan at Montreal. Um, Peter, I guess you've already kicked us off, so we'll kick off with Tyler's pick. He picks the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Didn't really give a, a reason. He just, just did it, which is fine. We didn't, we didn't ask him for one. He's sleepy. He's sleepy. <laughs> sleepy tie. John, what I say, have a, what say you? I have a gripe to get into after this pick. It's related. It came about in research for this pick. Um, but my pick is that Montreal rides the Standback Express to another win. And we have an Alouette's victory. Yeah, I think that's about right. Um, I don't think that Montreal does not have a great run defense. Um, I don't think they have a bad run defense. I don't think there's a lot of holes. Um, so I think William Powell gets it rolling. Uh, so I do see this as a duel of the, uh, the running backs, um, and very similar, uh, very similar teams. But I think that Montreal, uh, just has the, the stronger receiving core to back up a stronger run game. Um, and both defenses are good, if not great. So that's where we're at. Montreal's taking this one. Yeah, so I mean, sort of tag team off that. I think Schiltz and uh, Fajardo are both great at protecting the ball and being fairly consistent, but I do think Montreal does have that better supporting cast. And uh, yeah, I think the Alouettes are going to get it done. Uh, close, definitely... Uh, Far closer than that, that Hamilton-Edmonton game. But yeah, I think Montreal definitely gets the So here is my gripe. I will say that I do not understand how statistics work. Um, I'm confused. Does a confused man get a resolution? No. The Saskatchewan Rough Riders give up the fewest rushing yards per game and yet are ranked ninth, ranked as the ninth rushing defense 
on CFL.ca. Likewise, the Montreal Alouettes. Well, how are you sorting Russian, it? Well, it's just overall. Yeah. It's if you go to defense. Least to greatest or greatest. If you go to defense, category, rushing. Okay. I'm, I'm on then, it now. Okay. So, so, so what are you saying? Where You're saying that they have Sketch as the least? Sketch gives up the fewest yards per game rushing. Okay. And are ranked ninth. They're ranked the last, last rushing defense. How are you sorting it? Oh, do you mean how am I sorting it? That's which, the rank. Which, which is, no, it's not. The rank is based on what measurement you sort by. How can I change the measurements? Where is the arrow on your uh, column headers? What? See, this is, yeah, no, you literally, so you go, you go stat. Let's start from the beginning. Yeah, okay. You go stats, <laughs> team stats. Team stats, yeah. It goes Hamilton, category, BC, Toronto. defense. Uh-huh. And then you category go category rushing. passing and you go click rushing. You go click yeah. rushing. You're on, uh-huh. are you on TSN? No. no CFL.ca. CFL.ca. Yeah. So that's yeah. You, and then look you, where look where the arrow is in your column headers. Okay, I knew I was confused. It's on, it's on points. So yeah, Sketch gives up the most rushing points. Uh, okay, well, Sketch is the episode, number one rushing defense in terms of yards. In this episode, game. John learns how to read. <laughs> yeah. the whole point of stats work is the whole Sketch point of up, this well this is interesting to because say I... <laughs> that one man sean mcguire the vulture has skewed all of cfl.ca's rushing stats yeah just because he had five touchdowns on eight yards rushing against Sketch earlier this season <laughs> And now he's made my life infinitely harder because it makes everybody think that Winnipeg's got this great rushing offense, which it does, just not for the reasons they think it does. Anyway, I mean, does it matter whether who punches it in? It does matter to me. Oh, I don't yeah, think so, because all that means oh. is that Sketch gave up those rushing points. So does it matter if it was a no, but fifteen yard Andrew Harris run enough. or a one not. yard Sean McGuire yes. punch in or a yes, forty yard? Difference. Brady Not Olivera all touchdowns run. are created equal. A 10-yard rush and a 1-yard QB sneak are not the same touchdown, in my opinion. They're different. They do count. For the Peter, same. am I wrong? No, you're right. But they do <laughs> count. To Peter, on this one. Peter, do not give this up. <laughs> but two to three, Matt. You're wrong. No, 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 no. Two to one, I should say. <laughs> um, anyway. Two out of three. <laughs> you can see my brain's been severely broken. I will say that uh, Sketch is tied for second in games played. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, but Montreal's going to win this one. I do think Montreal wins this. Everybody, yeah, so betcha. Tyler's riding solo. Ooh. I, I, don't, do I, I think the, the, the Tyler m- m- mystere, the mystery of Tyler is now... Oh. It's, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up getting second this season. Everyone is good at Preds now. Yeah, we, we all had a year off, guys. We just need to give ourselves a break. Tyler clearly wasn't affected by by this pandemic everybody else went through. Because our <laughs> pandemic, some call it. Stunk. 
And now we're back. I'm in second now. So, like, honestly, awesome. there, I, I, I can't be stopped. No, this is good. We're back. Boys, Fantasy, any eh? parting shots on week 13 before we get into listener feedback? No, man. I'm excited. These games are interesting. I can't wait for the month. I'm so excited for this week. Interleague, yeah, fresh game. matchups. It's going to be excellent. Yeah, man. Let's get the listener feedback. Let's hear it. We have a non-CFL-related question. It is We instead have a film question from our friend Cole Boylo, who wants to know, what is your favorite movie of 2021 so far? I'll answer first. Uh, my favorite movie of 2021 so far is Bad Trip by Eric Andre. Oh, that is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. And if you haven't seen it, I suggest you get around to it. The correct what? answer is, as we all know, Free Guy. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, yeah, I really have. I mean, I've seen a lot of the Godzilla movies. vs. Kong. It was going to be Godzilla vs. Kong. Yeah. That's my favorite so far. Um, <laughs> just running through them right now. Yeah. I mean, that's the one definitely I've seen the most. Especially now that it's back on HBO Max. Um, What's Emma's favorite? Uh, Emma's favorite. She loves the fishies. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's <laughs> a good film. Uh, there's not I... any really good ones. I guess I liked a, a, a Quiet Place Part 2. So that in theaters. So that was my return. I went from The Invisible Man, 13 months, then A Quiet Place Part 2. I did like In the Heights as a as a musical. No Sudden Moves was good. I think uh, that was so yeah, it. my two my two favorites are Suicide Squad and No Sudden Moves. Suicide the new Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad was good. It was dude, I heard people hate I I It was just thoroughly, so funny. It was like, it was uh, well, all right. Suicide Squad complaint is that the story was so lacking. Yeah, it was. <laughs> So like they really relied heavily on well, the, the Green Knight, sorry, actors' performances, but they were good and it was funny, and so I enjoyed it. Yeah, my favorite movie of the year so far is Godzilla vs Kong, but I would also, um, I also like the Green Knight. All right, what's that about? Uh, it's about it's Sir Gawain. Uh, he. Uh, the Green Knight rides in on Christmas Day and um, offers Sir Gawain a, uh, a trade that Gawain can strike the Green Knight, and then in one year, the Green Knight will return the blow. It's a Green Knight. You guys, you guys seen this, right? Dev Patel. I've got to get. I've got to see. What's this? all these movies about returning the blow? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. That's a good one to end on. So that is. The pod I mean, we for this week. Fan, fantastic. We oh, talk fantasy. God, sorry. <laughs> fantasy, We've Matt. What do we fantasy. got? Peter, what was your guarantee this week? I guaranteed the listeners. Nay, nay, my, my colleagues. That I had a 60 plus, 60 point plus team this week. And, and man, if it weren't for Braylon Addison... 
pulling his hamstring and possibly being out for an extended period of time, and the fact that Jake Winnicky decided to throw up a big goose egg, I would have not been point two off from accomplishing that. But let Matt get into that. Well, we'll start from the bottom. So Peter was at the bottom. He just missed it. 59.8. Um, he did it. Like you had uh, four players in double digits, low double digits, which is okay, but double digits. But yeah, Braylon Addison went out after putting up 14.5 points in the first half. Order. And then, yeah, Jake Weineke just like didn't catch a single ball. He, he got zero. And also, if like if Bo Levi throws one less interception. That's true. Yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, anything could happen. Ricky, of, honestly, I did. need Ricky Ray on my team. I haven't been the same since he retired. <laughs> That's true. Um, in uh, third place, uh, John had a really solid week. In most weeks, enough to win it. Um, Seventy-five point two. Uh, a late scratch from STE kept him L- the under. latest of scratches. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, yes. But a great game out of Jeremiah Masoli. We talked about in our recap, 24.1 points. And, you know, anytime you can have a defense going up against uh, Ottawa, you're going to be happy. So uh, the defense, the Hamilton defense was actually your second most points at uh, 16. Uh, For me, I also had a defense uh, as my second most points. Um, So that was uh, Winnipeg had 22 points uh, against a, a blanked BC uh, but my big guy, uh, Gino Lewis, 34.6, 156 some odd yards, two touchdowns, uh, just on fire. Um, had a really down week from MBT, only 5.5 points. And then normal weeks out of uh, Powell, Burnham, and Jordan, uh, 87.2 was my point, my uh, total. And number one, and he had every single player, including the defense, in double digits uh t press just missed the century mark 98.8 uh willie Stanback uh with his 200 yard uh game 26.3 points kyron moore he scored a touchdown um so double dipped with cody fajardo and kyron moore uh more 18.6 fajardo 16.7 um yeah really solid outing from tyler it was not enough however to uh to eclipse me so right now i am sitting uh at 88.2 points, 88, hell, 888, 882.2, get it together, uh, Tyler, 857.7, uh, John, 809.1, and then Peter falling even further behind, oh. 574.4. So right now we're, at one point, Peter, and you weren't on the pod for any of these, we are talking about your battle to get within 100 points of John right now. It's the battle to stay within 300 points of John. It ain't happening. Oh, no, no. Here's (laughs) the thing. I had such a great team, and then I just got just (laughs) just brutalized by injuries. And just just no holds barred, just pounded into the sand. When Byron Marshall got cut before the season started, (laughs) I I knew we were in for a long one with you. Here's the thing. When I look at this leaderboard, what I see in front of me is a man who's going to a foreign country to get married. He's going to forget something in his lineup. Yes. And all I need to stay the course, and I will get second place. 
No, I, d- I, I don't mean to go right. back to a, a previous topic, but do you guys remember when you guys asked what who, what everybody's favorite movie was when nobody said the new James Bond movie? Oh my god. <laughs> this is not a You've pod never been for Peter to talk about his any movie. hatred. <laughs> Did you... You've never disliked movie movie a movie this much. Ever. I hate it. It's I as if it, it personally hurt you. Honestly, it's worse than Ottawa's offensive line. Oh my god. <laughs> Which is really bad. <laughs> Which is really bad. Oh, it's not good. No. Um, but I'm getting second in this in this fantasy league. There's I, no doubt in my mind. I think I get third. I think not. I, I agree. <laughs> I, I'm going to keep second in predictions, though. That I can promise. A steady second um, in predictions is what I can give to the fans. All right, well, we shall see. We shall see. Matt and I are riding the same preds this week. So I think uh, I think I, I like that company. I chopped it up, man. I know you did. I'd surprise it. Uh, but anybody, any parting shots, or shall we uh, bid these fair people adieu? I think we're set. This looks to be a better week of CFL football, so excited about that. And I like that um, we get the Ottawa game out of the way first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Get it I, out of I the way. Think, I, I think this. Move a, on. Now, the, any of these could turn into a blowout. Maybe except for the Sketch Montreal game. I think. I mean, it could, of course, but I don't think it could. Edmonton and Hamilton. BC and Toronto, either of those games could get out of control. But I don't think they will. I think they're both going to be at least a close game, if not yes. like a, a barn burner. I think we're more likely... So I totally agree with your point. I think from the middle games that Edmonton, Hamilton, BC, Toronto, we're much more likely to get competitive slop than we are to get a blowout. Yeah. I think the games will be close. Except for that Hamilton. Yeah, right. Hamilton's going to win by 15 points. At least. <laughs> At least 15. Uh, all right, guys. Well, if you want to comment on the pod or have us in, answer a listener question, uh, listener feedback question, DM us at Shups and Preds on Twitter or email us, shepsandpreds at gmail.com. We'll be back next week to discuss the fallout from this wonderful interleague week 13 um, and head on towards the road to the Grave Cup. Uh, with that, I say peace. Have a good one. Adieu.